Can the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Yes, welcome in our draft coverage 2018 12th man NFL draft coverage. It's brought to you by our friends at Coors Light. Frost brewed Coors Light. Whatever your mountain, uh, climb on. It gets started uh, officially 1 o'clock today with the mayor of Maple Valley, Ian Furness, 1 to 3 o'clock. Tony Softley, former NFL executive with the Carolina Panthers and the Rams, will join him from 2 to 3. Softy, Hugh Millen, Mike Holmgren, Tony Softley from 3 to 7. Uh, Chuck Powell, myself, Hugh, Tony from 7 to 9 o'clock. And joining us now, it is our privilege, our honor, former Seahawks head coach, employee here at 950 KJR, the legend, the great Mike Holmgren, joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Hi, Coach. What's doing, guys? How's it going? Big day today. Huge day. Uh, Gas has got a question. Gas and I are trying to solve something, uh, the legality of selecting a selection in the NFL draft. Right. And by the way, this is a big day for me because I have never talked to Mike Holmgren as an employee on the radio. Yeah. This is my first ever question I'm going to ask you. My coach, I can only do one, and I want to make the first question really count. You know what I mean? I understand. Yes. Go ahead. And, and here, here it is. Pete Carroll tweeted out earlier this morning as part of his, his clues that he likes to do on Twitter. He likes to put funny things out. And he tweeted a very funny uh, video of a monkey stealing a hubcap off a car. And it got us to wondering, well, well, is that legal? Could the Hawks, in fact, draft a monkey? Is there any NFL rule that you know of that prohibits that? And you have to admit, as a coach, stopping a monkey blitz would be would be problematic. It'd be very difficult. See? And I wouldn't put anything past Pete. I really wouldn't. You know, so, uh, But I don't think you can do that. I, I think uh, this is a very, very important day for, uh, on, on a more serious note, the guys work so hard. You know, to get get the the board right, get the players in their minds, understand who they can get to make their team better. And uh, the one thing I do I can tell you guys is anything you hear from a coach at this point or a general manager, I think they're worse. Don't believe a single thing you hear. Do not believe anything. <laughs> That's right. Because I mean, well, why tip your hand now? You're 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 so close to the jackpot. Why tip your hand now? Yeah, no, and they, you know, there's a lot of things happening, and and uh, I, actually, I liked it the old way when we started at nine in the morning or eight in the morning. I forget when it was, and then you went all day, and then you had another day the second day to wait now to have draft day come, and uh, and then have it at eight o'clock at night or five o'clock at night West Coast time. Boy, you, you're sitting around trying to figure out what to do, making sure you don't tweak with the board, you don't overthink things. You have your plan in place, but human nature being what it is, I tell you, you're walking in and out looking at that board. What's going to happen? It drives you cuckoo. It really does. In, in the years that that you that you were a part of it, Mike, not only in Green Bay, and even going back to, to to your your days in San Francisco. I know you're a coordinator, but you're obviously involved in, in the draft. And then, of course, here in Seattle, uh, did you ever get to the point, you know, where it's the day of, where you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't like answer C, and you're scribbling it out on the test. I'm going with B. Did you ever change anything the day of, like on your board of the draft? Uh, not on the board, but, uh, you know, but we did. You, you are forced to make changes uh, if something happens. In Seattle, as an example, Bill Walsh phoned me 
the morning of the draft really early, said he needed to move up uh, and uh, passed us to get a player they wanted. And uh, I didn't want to lose the player we wanted to them. Uh, so he, he kind of told me who they were going to draft. Well, that was that that was unprecedented. So we did the deal, got an extra pick, and so on and so forth. Um, in Green Bay, uh, we were going to take Ray Lewis. We're very excited about getting Ray Lewis. We had him. We had him. And uh, Baltimore, just before we picked, uh, jumped in front of us, made the trade in front of us, took Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. the Hall of Famer, one of the great linebackers of all time. And it was the only time in my time with Ron Wolf that, I, that all of a sudden it, it, it was almost like we didn't have a plan B. Mm-hmm. Or we, where we, we were so shocked and disappointed by that because all the indicators, all the stuff we had heard, you know, Ray was going to be our guy. And we wound up taking a tackle, John Michael from USC, and he wound up playing, you know, two two years, and so in the first round, and so things happen, and but you have to be fairly sure that if all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out, you you, you got to have more than one choice, and feel very very good about that second choice. Otherwise, you can get caught with your pants down a little bit. What um in that moment. Does does talent trump need or does need? In other words, so okay, we're going to take Ray Lewis. All I don't believe this. The Ravens just took him. Okay, we got ten minutes, and I'm not saying specifically in that one instance, but overall, Mike, if you're running the show, would you at that point say let's look at talent or let's look at need? Since we did, in fact, get caught a little bit here. You know, guys, you hear that term used a lot. We're going to draft according to to talent. We're going to take the best player on the board. Now, if the best player, that's not altogether true. Because let's say the best player is Peyton Manning, but you have Brett Favre. Right. So you're not going to take the best player on the board. You're going to take some, a good player, someone who you think is very, very good, but also some, somebody you need. That makes sense to me. So it's never just one or the other, in my opinion. Uh, I think... Uh, the Seahawks now going into this thing, I heard you guys a little bit earlier that with Curtis, um, you know, there are areas on this football team that, that I think there are, there's need. So the, the idea that your board won't show a really good player in any one of those areas that I'm not buying that they're going to, mm. so if they want to take a pick at 18, there'll be a good player there that can help them. But you know what? The other thing I would just say quickly that, uh, a lot of times, and I get this from Ron Wolf, the first 15 players in the draft are, you just get them, take them. But players 15 through 32, he used to give me these numbers, players 15 through 32, it's the same guy. It's the <laughs> same athletic guy. So now how do you go about that? And the Seahawks have that decision to make when they get to their pick at 18. Would you keep it? If 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 I believed in the player that was at eighteen, absolutely, absolutely. And Ray and Rod did too. I mean, I'm using Rod and Ted. I say Ted Thompson when we were together. Uh, uh, John Dorsey, who's now running the Browns, was with us. John John Schneider was in the room with us. There was a lot of talented guys there, and so you have that little tug of war that takes place. It usually doesn't happen five minutes before the pick, uh, but but you, you have. Hash those things out, and if the player that they want is still there at 18, and it's not a surprise, then they I say take them. 
But, you know, traditionally they've wanted more picks, guys. You know, mm-hmm. they – and all general man, they want picks. They want to. They want action. They want. They want to be able to wheel and deal. And if they think they can get just as good a player at at pick twenty nine or thirty or something like that, depending on how they rated the the players, then of course you're trying to trade out. But you need somebody to trade with you. You get to eighteen and you're looking at your phone. You're just watching your phone. Okay, there's Seahawks on the clock. You got ten minutes. Now you're just looking at the phone, and you're saying you're either saying, "Okay, here's our guy. Write him down. Get him ready," or you're saying, "Please, someone phone me. Please, someone phone me." <laughs> and then all the guys are looking at all the phones, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and wham! It's just it's pretty cool stuff, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you know you know Dorsey, you know uh, Scott McLuhan. Uh, you've got relationship with with those guys. They're working together now in Cleveland. Scott McLuhan is advising uh, John Dorsey. Uh, there have been reports out there, new, uh, numerous reports saying they will take Baker Mayfield. Knowing those guys uh, how, and, and knowing how they operate and how they think about quarterbacks, you think that's the way they're leaning, number one, to take Baker Mayfield? It's quite possible, you know, because I, I'll tell you what, when Scott McLuhan was in, left me and went to San Francisco, and he phoned me before the draft and he said, Mike, we're going to take, I think we're going to take Alex Smith, who was a junior coming out of the University of Utah. In a, in a systems offense, he was a runner, a pass, you know, he was, he was, and he goes, what do you think? We're going to take him first. And I said, he, I think he's a fine player, but now there's a learning curve here because he's coming out of a systems offense. There's a learning curve coming in the NFL. And so they, they said, he obviously felt that that was okay. Now it took Alex a long time in San Francisco to kind of hit his stride, but Scott will do that. And Scott is a very talented man and he and Dorsey make a good combination there. I think I think the what the Cleveland has to look at the first ten picks of the draft are going to be it's very interesting even though they're not Seahawks picks because you got the quarterbacks you got four or five quarterbacks in there which is really unusual that could go high and it kind of skews everything else so Cleveland if they could take a quarterback one but they also have the fourth pick so if they rated their quarterbacks like let's say they rated all those guys the same or close to the same. Then they could go with a different player, number one, because you can't lose. There's enough quarterbacks to get to your fourth pick. So how they think, you know, Baker Mayfield, everyone thinks that Russell Wilson, because of his height and because of his success, you can play the position with that size. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Russell Wilson can play the position right. at that size. Right. Drew Brees can play the position at that size. But you can't name too many other players that have been able to do that. Hey, one last one for you uh, before we cut you loose. And I'm bringing all the prop bets over, too, so make sure you have a lot of ones. Don't show up with no $1 bills. I didn't hear that. What did you say? A lot of prop bets. I'm bringing them all over. I got I got a stack of prop bets for us in the draft later today. Let, uh, I, I thought that bag I thought that bag went to the Cayman Islands. It's come back yeah, now? Yeah, it's come back. I, I went to the Cayman, and I brought it back. All right. And you owe. Um, a serious question, though. Does John miss Scott McLuhan? Uh, I think John's a very talented guy, uh, but I think anybody. I miss Scott McLuhan. Scott McLuhan is uh, is a talented, talented evaluator and sounding board, if nothing else, uh, depending on his title. But uh, his track record speaks for itself, what he did in San Francisco, what he did, what he started to do in Washington, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. and uh, now what he'll do in Cleveland. So I think John misses him, sure. But John... You know, they, they, I think John and Pete really work well together. 
But I think anyone that talented, you're going to miss. Yeah. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. We will. Uh, we'll see you later today. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Mike. All right, Mike Holmgren uh, joining us there on the Beacon Plumbing uh, Hotline again. He will be on with uh, Softy and Hugh and Tony Softly today from 3 to 7 o'clock. And then uh, myself, Chuck, uh, Hugh, and Tony will pick up after them, go 7 to 9. Ian's going to kick it off from the VMAX starting at 1 o'clock uh, today. Can I tell you that his answer just was awesome to the monkey question? It was great. It'd be problematic. I mean, he I... went right into coach mode. Yeah, you know what? That yeah. you, you now have some problems that you weren't anticipating. How would you like to I have see a com- some red flags here, Gas? Wouldn't you love to hear a sideline NFL Films conversation between Holmgren and Brett Favre discussing with Favre pissed off saying, what are you going to do about this monkey blitz? We didn't plan for it, and he keeps climbing on me, and he's pooping in my ear hole, and I want to know what you're doing about this, or I'm not going back out there. The monkey's all over the field. Um I want to pick that back up. I, I think this has been a story that hasn't been talked it's about enough, is the point. loss of Scott McLuhan to this organization. Uh, we'll detail how much he, he did mean to the Seahawks organization.